Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. You're so chill right now. I'm really, I'm tapping in, man. Are you, hold on, wait, wait. This is a fun game I like to play with myself sometimes. And I don't know how it'll go as a sort of two-player cooperative experience. <laughs> but it's a game I like to call chill or just very tired. <laughs> Because um, chill is a decision. Both, both, both and, right? Okay, yeah. Why no. can't it be both and? I mean, I guess if you are, t- it's a Venn diagram situation where if you are tired, you're chill. But if you're chill, you're not necessarily tired. You've decided to be chill. Yeah, I have decided to be chill. You can't decide to be tired, except I guess by having the, making the decision to have two kids is a decision <laughs> that you make that does make you very does make you quite tired. This is wonderful. Shall we talk about things we like that's good that we are into? Uh we're about to hit the road around these parts. I think that's also part of the reason for the energy is we are both kind of coiled like snakes <laughs> ready to strike at uh-huh. our audience who we're going to see, I hope, at uh-huh. our shows. Please come see our shows. When you hear this today we're performing in Philly today on Wednesday and then we're going to be in New York doing Taz on Thursday and Mabimbam on Friday and by we I mean Myself. Yeah, I was going to say, do, when you say we, does it make you feel better than saying, please come see my show? Yeah, I guess it does. Yeah. Come see multiple people on a stage of whom I will be one. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it, go to macro.family. You can find links to all that stuff. Do you have any small wonders, babe? Um, I'm going to say the quest for the perfect pumpkin beer. Go with God, my friend. Go on that journey. I wish I could be your, your partner in crime on that one. I just can't. I think it's so yucky. I I am working my way through the Elysian uh, sampler of pumpkin-related beverages. Yes. Um, which I have enjoyed. I just, you know what, for me, it's almost more about the quest than it is the product. Yeah. Because I find myself every fall just delighted to see if maybe there's a, a better one out there for me. Yeah. I'm kind I, of that way with sparkling water, too. Like, one of these days, I'm going to find the perfect version of this beverage. I tried LaCroix once, and I've, I've never had a bad LaCroix. They've all, I mean, they're all kind of bad, right? Because they don't taste like much. That's the thing. Like, I want it to be good. Oh, okay. No, see, if I have a sparkling water and they put like juice in it to make it actually sweet, I feel like I'm I'm committing a grave sin. Yeah. See, I like the spindrift a lot. See, yeah, um, but I know that you don't. Yeah. So I'm trying a bunch of different. I always like the cherry lime. Oh God, yeah. But they put in those skinny cans. Why? The skinny cans Why? are nothing. Stop using those, Lacroix, unless it's for an environmental reason, in which case I love it. <laughs> What's your small wonder? Uh, oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad that you've asked. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> I was hoping if I kept doing that long enough. Um, I've been reading uh, a lot of Brandon Sanderson lately. He's a fantasy uh, sci-fi author. He's done a bunch of series. And he has one big series called The Stormlight Archives that uh, my whole family has been recommending to me. And so I finished one of his other series, started writing on this one. It's good. It's big. It's a big old book. They usually are the sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. This one's pure pure fantasy, pure uncut fantasy. Uh, and it's a, it's a long road. What uh, does that mean when you say it's pure fantasy? I mean, there's not spaceships in it or guns. I guess is the, if it doesn't have spaceships or guns, but it does have dragons. That's a fantasy book, baby. Okay. This one doesn't have dragons in it, though. So I don't know. I'm betraying my own definition, I suppose. 
I feel like it's it's got to be really hard as a sci-fi author because every time you sit down, you're like, okay, I guess I have to world build. And yeah, that's like, we, they that's hate like, that shit. That's like 200 pages right there. Yeah. And then you can like finally get to the story. And then that's what, like 100 pages? <laughs> well, okay, what you've described is a pretty bad book. Usually they'll <laughs> do both at the same time. They'll inter- interweave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't, I don't read a lot of, uh, no. of that. I mean, that's kind of how Dune is, from what I understand. It's been, I read Dune when I was like in high school, but I do remember it being like, okay, so here's these like eight planets. You gotta remember all these planets and their cool shit that they do. Anyway, you go first this week. Thank God. My first thing is the 18 and up dance club. <laughs> all right. I guess, I guess, man. Here's the thing just because it hasn't been executed, well well yeah sure comma so the concept of the 18 plus dance club (laughs) yes yeah okay all right okay yeah i mean this was half my life ago and about the same for you we can be nostalgic i suppose so i just i worry that i'm going to look back at those with rose tinted glasses except they were all so gross so i don't actually think that's possible no this is the problem like can we dislike something well, because there's no way to execute it well. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there there maybe is. There are probably examples of this t- being done well. And I know as an 18-year-old, this was quite a thrill. Oh, for sure. I think um, particularly when you're college age and not yet 21, to be able to go somewhere yes, uh, just with other adults having fun was an exciting prospect. Drinking Hawaiian punch and what have you. <laughs> I know. I know that's what's really charming about the 18 and up club, particularly if it is that is all it is. Yeah. You know, like like every day of the week. That's what we do here uh, because they do often have candy and snacks. <laughs> yeah. Now there was. OK. In Huntington, I feel like you could get into bars when you were younger than 21, but older than 18. But you had to wear a special wristband. That yeah. You couldn't be served. Alcohol. Or you got the X's on or your the hands. X's on the hands. Mm-hmm. OK. I do remember doing a lot of that. Yeah. There was a Christian nightclub called Club of David. <laughs> the stories you tell are so unreal to me. Yeah. Do you, how did it feel saying that sentence? <laughs> there was a Christian nightclub called Club of David that was very close to the Marshall campus. <laughs> uh, how did you? How did you know it was a Christian nightclub? Did it put it, it on the? Yeah, and then you just knew. <laughs> If someone was going to Club of David, they were going to have they were going to have a wholesome club time. Club of David. Club of David. <laughs> Not David's club. The Club of David. Or Club David. Club David sound isn't that where they go to do the presidential Camp, peace Camp David. Okay. Well, some people call it Club David if you go a lot. <laughs> if you're a frequent flyer, it's those beautiful hills. So I could think of two places in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, and I reached out to my friends to try and get both of them. I only got one. One was a t- typically a country western bar. Right. That I think had 18 and up nights. Okay. Where they played a mix of popular music and not just country right. western. And it was called In Cahoots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's good. And... Again, country western, so huge dance floor, uh, a lot of western theming. Um, but if you went, you know, the right night of the week, you know, you could get some get some R and B. Okay. And then there was another club, and I cannot remember the name. It's of It's not going to be better than In Cahoots. Of so. course, 
of course, neither of these clubs exist anymore. No, sure. <laughs> but the one I went to, it it had two stories. And the first story, I'm saying this mainly so that our St. Louis listeners can maybe help me. Okay, okay. so the year was 2000. Mm-hmm which alienates a large portion of our listeners already. Yeah. But there was a first floor that had a stage in the middle and a bar that you couldn't go to. And then there was an upstairs that also had like a smaller dance floor. I've never seen you narrow cast to our audience as much as you <laughs> I want to know the name of this place. I can tell. Yeah. Um, but I can't remember it. And there's obviously no way to search it. Yeah. Uh, so here I am. I was trying to think of, you mentioned neither of those clubs exist anymore. I had the thought of if you show me a, a, a 18 plus club that survived the COVID pandemic. I know. I will show you a money laundering front for sure. How do you do that? Where's the money coming from, guys? Good point. I don't know. Uh, Griffin investigates. Maybe they're great snacks. They started door dashing them. Maybe they're ghost kitchens for <laughs> Mr. Beast. Uh, I wanted to like, obviously very quickly, just give a little story here. Um, There's a few stories. One, I didn't know Providence, Rhode Island apparently is the spot. There are 24 licensed clubs, 13 of which are 18 plus. Wow. Okay. Crazy. Um, Most places, like I mentioned, you know, you've got two or three. uh, And part of the reason, obviously I mentioned they don't stay open very long. Uh, It's very difficult to regulate. A lot uh-huh. of them lose their liquor license regularly. This happened in my college town all the time. Oh, for sure. Because it's just impossible to kind of keep track of all the information you're legally required to keep track yeah, of. Yeah, sure. Um, also, a lot of a lot of teenage people um, have nowhere else to go. And when you get a lot of them together, they make poor decisions. Yes. Uh, so a lot of these clubs, um, just they were, they were dangerous to yeah. keep open. <laughs> Um, but I wanted to talk about something. There's a whole defunct land episode about this because there were Disney teen nightclubs. Oh my, I was just thinking, Uh every teen nightclub I ever went into was so grody, but if Disney could get a hand on the ball and create a real manicured experience, which I'm sure this was. Yes. Because it was on defunct land. So this was Videopolis. Sounds cool. Uh, it opened in 1985. A little early. <laughs> uh, so the, here's the thing. So new CEO at the time, Michael Eisner, wanted to build more thrill rides like Splash Mountain and Star Tours, but they took a while to complete, and he wanted to get those teens there as fast as possible. Okay. Because Disney was seeing a real decrease in the teens. Right. Because, you know. What the fuck did they have? Yeah, what are they going to do? So he very quickly wanted to open a nightclub. Now, some people think that this was because Knott's Berry Farm at the time had Studio K. <laughs> <laughs> This was a club inside their park, and they offered nightly tickets at a lower price so teens could come dance. Party, sure, okay. At Knott's Berry Farm, okay. Uh, So Videopolis had a light-up dance floor. Cool. DJs. Love it. And over 70 video screens, which could display music videos from MTV and live videos of dancers on the floor. Now, you don't want 70 of those. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, if you're putting together... (laughs) almost too many. If you're putting together a sort of nightclub experience, there is a certain amount of uh, sort of darkness and anonymity that is uh, in, in... in pursuit there. I feel like having 70 big video screens yeah, and a lot of That's a little too much sensory. Unless overload. they were like clustered in a way. Oh, cool. 
So like this side of the room is showing, you know, I don't know, sledgehammer, and okay. then the other side of the room is showing like video killed the radio star. Yeah, those are the two. Those are the music two music videos. <laughs> uh, okay, so this was Disneyland. They created a Videopolis East at Disney World on Pleasure Island, which is now Disney Springs. Do you remember oh, okay. Pleasure Island? I don't remember Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island before it was Disney Springs. Uh, was just like this idea of like, this is where all the bars are. So, I mean, it's okay. basically what Disney Springs is now, but like- With less shopping. It yeah, less like. focus okay. on retail. Um, Guy Fieri doesn't own a restaurant there, I assume, <laughs> at Videopolis. <laughs> uh, no, Videopolis also hosted a show for the Disney Channel uh, that featured popular bands at the time. They were really trying to like jump on this MTV craze that yeah. the teens were wild for. Uh, the other thing I will just say as, as we close. Um, Wait, is what happened to Videopolis? Uh, <laughs> uh, is it 19, still around? 1989, Videopolis in Disneyland closed. Oh, wow. Uh, and the the East one uh, actually stayed open uh, for a while, but it was changed to a theater and then Fantasyland Theater and then closed in 2020 due to the pandemic. Now, that's interesting because I have heard from reputable sources that California knows how to party. And yet it seems like not so much if Videopolis couldn't survive there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, part of it, if you, if you watch the whole thing and read the story is that people couldn't afford to go Disneyland, like didn't really create a price break for people coming to the oh, club. Yeah. It was basically for like season ticket holders. All right. So it was difficult to get the teens in there yeah. because you could only really afford if you could already go. People don't go to the Super Bowl for the hot dogs. Well, probably you know I mean? not. Probably not. But what is what are the hot dogs in this? The are the hot dogs video okay? Uh, the other thing I will just mention uh, quickly uh, is that the names of teen nightclubs are always really good oh for sure i found this great article from 1962 jesus christ uh this is time magazine <laughs> uh talking about some of the teen clubs at the time uh there was one called uh the peppermint stick okay uh which people referred to as the stick hate that and also here here's another one called the surf that's just outside of boston well, hold um, on. That's not where that happens historically. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I um, apologize, Boston, if there is a hot surfing scene there that I just do not know about. Chicago had one called Fickle Pickle. That's good. Now we're yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's another good thing. Anyway, um, uh, again, I recognize I do not know if there is a way to execute this correctly. Don't think so. But it is almost a little utopia for me because turning 18 very quickly feels like not anything special. Yes. Because you can vote, but most often you're not able to vote right away. Yeah. You can buy cigarettes, but a lot of you have already been smoking. <laughs> okay. That's not what I would have said at that part. I, 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 I am just saying that the teenagers I knew that were excited about buying cigarettes had already been smoking and the hurdle was now removed. Yeah, that's a fair point. <laughs> I think for for Huntington, there are so many bars there. So many of them did 18 plus nights that dedicated teen nightclub experiences like Club of David could not hang in that heat. Why why on earth would you go to Cl to Club David if you could go <laughs> over to Stumblers 2 still stumbling? Hmm? I ask you of the, this. You don't know the answer. 
Was that an 18 and up also? It, they had an 18 and up night. There, hot corner. Everyone was at the hot corner. This is the thing, right? And this is what Disney was all about. Like, there are teens out there. We can make money off those teens. Yes. They have nowhere to go. Yes. Let's create a place for them, charge them $5 to get in, and yeah. then $5 for a soda, and bam, you yeah. know? Meanwhile, I'm with my buddies having a land party. Gratis. <laughs> Economically minded. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. me. That's you. That's why I made the decisions I made. In college, economics. Economics. <laughs> Not because I was ill-suited to the nightclub lifestyle. <laughs> uh-huh. Nah. It's watching my wallet because mm-hmm. I have big dreams mm-hmm. of starting a podcast empire. Can I steal you away? Yes. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, There's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be... The same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell? Uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um th- th- for the commercial the Super Bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. And together we are The Flophouse, a long-running podcast on the Maximum Fun Network, where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. And because we're so long-running, maybe you haven't given us a chance. I get it, but... 
you don't actually have to know anything about previous episodes to enjoy us, and I promise you that if you find our voices irritating, we grow endearing over time. Perhaps you listened to one of our old episodes and decided that we were dumb and immature. Well, we've been doing this a while now. We have become smarter and more mature, and generally nicer to Dan. But we are only human, so no promises. Find the Flophouse on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Co-Optober continues in celebration of National Co-Op Month. I'm Palmer Muniz, producer and a worker-owner at MaxFun. I'm Jesus Ambrosio, producer, and I'm also a worker-owner at MaxFun. This week is all about community. Of course, we couldn't be a co-op without the MaxFun community, and we love it whenever members of our audience get together. So we're having another MaxFun meetup this Thursday, October 12th. And next week, we'll be hosting a panel discussion with other worker owners across the co-op community. And we are still selling our limited edition Launch Crew merch available to all MaxFun members. But only through the end of the month. For more info on Meetup Day and everything Co-Optober, head to MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O-O-P-T-O-B-E-R. Have a great week. Are you ready for some Triscuits? That's the segment I'm going to do is Triscuits. But I sang it in the football way. <laughs> this is how he uh, asks me any question now. He just sings it along to the football song. If it's two syllables, And yes, I get of so excited. Yeah. Triscuits, uh, funny you should mention this. Yeah. Uh, I was the one that brought Triscuits into our house. That's true. Uh, because my friend was having a book club night. Uh-huh. And she asked people if they could bring some snacks. And I thought, what is a fancy snack cracker for a group of oh ladies discussing a book with wine? And I thought, well, of course, the Triscuit, it is the fanciest cracker there is. Let me tell you, a lot of people, when they ha- are at this junction, at this intersection, they look at Triscuits, but then they look over at some cracker brand that's very thin and maybe has like a dove imprinted on each cracker. Oh, like the water crackers Like or the whatever. water crackers. It's a brand you've never heard of before and they are awful, flavorless, but everybody's like, well, these must be the fancy ones. Fuck that, I say. Triscuits are the way to go exclusively for I have on. never had a communion wafer yes. or any kind of wafer in a religious environment. Yeah. But I imagine that's what they taste like. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the different different... Places do it different. Some places do a big loaf of bread you tear off. Uh, growing up in Highland Baptist Church, it was uh, basically just an unsalted oyster cracker that you got. Um, that was not. And you know, it's not the cracker's fault. It's not the, the cracker's fault. No, no, no. It's the body of Christ. Well, yeah. Well, depending, again, the different places have different. Oh, sort right. Of, it's not always the. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's what? The, pow- the power of Christ. Uh, it's. <laughs> Triscuits are the undisputed king of crackers, though, above communion wafers. Yes. If my church had given out Triscuits instead of (laughs) communion wafers, I would probably still be a practicing Southern (laughs) (laughs) That's all it would take, guys. I know y'all are trying to get me back in. Pack some Triscuits in there. I like thinking that there are like parishioners or whatever listening right now uh-huh, that uh-huh. just like pause their podcast and they yelled over their shoulder, quick, go get Triscuits. There's no, I mean, I will say this. I think you can probably get communion wafers for pretty cheap. Um, probably get them on, in bulk at Costco. 
if you did go up to a Triscuit per member of the congregation, first of all, word's going to get out. You're going to pack the house. You're going to be stoked. But then your <laughs> Triscuit overage is going to be out of control. Yeah, it's true. Triscuits are not a cheap cracker. No, they are not, but they are worth it. You get every time when you bite into one of these salty baskets. <laughs> it is a fucking delight. They are a toothsome cracker. That have some, ri- there's like multiple, it's almost like lamination. Yeah. There's like multiple layers crunch, uh, mm-hmm. instances with each bite. Um, if you've so never. So salty. So Which is salty. Well, they exactly make reduced sodium ones, but, and I've, they're good. They are, they taste like a normal cracker, but the full salt <laughs> triscuits are, uh, I don't know, I'm a big man. I need a big flavor. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, triscuits are, if you've never had one, first of all, that's bad. That's sad. I love the part of the show where we feel the need to explain what something is to our listener as if... They're these wonderful little squares, <laughs> uh, about two inches across, made of layered webs of toasted, Is that how they describe wheat. it? Uh, that is, I mean, basically, no, that is not how they would describe it. I don't think anyone wants to eat a web, um, but they that is sort of how they make them. They, they smoosh up a bunch of wheat in water, and then they press it into these little fine, like gauzy strips, and then they layer those on top of each other, put a little bit of oil in there, a little bit of salt, dry them the fuck out. You got yourself a Triscuit, baby. Uh, the crunch is out of control on these. They are also quite thick, these crackers, and so they are stable enough to hold whatever kind of toppings that you might dream to put on them. Yeah, that's what I like about them. just looking at pictures of Triscuits right now? <laughs> It's okay if the answer is yes. Like, <laughs> well, I wanted to see how they build themselves. Like, how do they describe? They call themselves the salty baskets that pre- preachers love. <laughs> uh, I did see that the company that makes triscuits also makes shredded wheat. Which, okay, you're like, really getting ahead of me, babe. I never do this to you when you're like, today I'm going to talk about the TV show Gargoyles, and then I hop in like, uh, did you know? <laughs> Let me get on my phone. Yeah, I can't find I can't find what Triscuit says. I'm just curious how they describe their own product because it is an unusual. There's one description I have in here that is very okay. good that I will that I I will get to. I'm okay. sorry if I'm going too slow for you. <laughs> I'm really trying to savor this experience like one would a Triscuit cracker. Uh, so people have made some pretty remarkable innovations in the field of Triscuit topping innovation. Uh, this is one thing that I would say Google image search Triscuit recipes or Triscuit toppings, and then just have a feast for the senses. A lot of cream cheese. Yes. A lot of uh, chives, smoked salmon, sun-dried tomatoes, Ugh. a little bruschetta, a little guacamole, some flank steak, anything you can imagine. You can put on a Triscuit and it can fucking handle it because it's got the, the sort of lattice work yeah. structure that will not bend to even a hearty sauce that you might put on there. Um, let's talk flavors. Rachel mentioned, this is the fancy cracker. I agree. The flavors on these bad boys are not pedestrian. <laughs> there's no... There's no Cool Ranch There's Triscuit. no Cool Ranch. There's no barbecue blasted. I'm talking about balsamic vinegar and basil, dill, sea salt, and olive oil, cracked pepper and olive oil, which is probably my all-time favorite. That one knocks my fucking socks off every time I eat it. So much flavor. So much boldness. Uh, smoked gouda, roasted garlic, four cheese and herb, Parmesan garlic, and, and tzatziki. Whoa. They're all over the map with these. But they're La-dee-da. all they're all quite fancy. <laughs> smoked gouda. Pass me the smoked gouda triscuit. Well, I don't know what that voice is. It's like the Godfather. <laughs> Triscuits are the cracker a Godfather would eat. Um these are upscale flavors. 
for an upscale cracker experience. And most of them are just so good. We we just tore through a box of these cracked pepper and olive oil baddies in like, what, a couple days? So flavorful. The boldness of these are just going to drive you hog wild. <laughs> Triscuits were invented at the turn of, the, I guess, the last century. 1900 was the year. Let me take you back there. Come with me. Uh, it entered production from the Shredded Wheat Company in 1903. Sorry, I spoiled that for you. Uh, this was before the Shredded Wheat Company was acquired by Nabisco in 1928. Uh, the creator of Triscuits was a man named Henry D. Perky, which is cool. Uh, and he witnessed a man at a, a Nebraska diner eating a bowl of boiled whole wheat. And he was just like, this shit is so healthy, bro. Uh, and Henry D. Perky started to make shredded wheat inspired by that. And he called it, quote, the most perfect food that was ever devised for the nourishment of man. Which. Whoa. I mean, it's, cr- I will say this, crazy high in fiber. So much fiber in, in, a, in a Triscuit. Yeah. So you're going to get what you need there. Wait, are we still talking about shredded wheat or Triscuits? They're psst, the same shit. One is salty. Put salt on the shredded wheat. <laughs> I, I was just wondering if there was an innovation where he recognized that people were turning shredded wheat into a savory snack. And he and was thought, like, stop that. Yeah, I'm going to do it now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I would imagine that did happen. Or maybe mm-hmm. somebody accidentally made frosted shredded wheats with salt. I actually don't know when frosted shredded wheats were invented. I don't think we had frosting technology in 1900. Well, and we're not here today to talk about shredded wheat. We're not. I yeah. I can I say something? I love shredded wheat too. We never get it. I know. I do too. Let's give it shredded wheat, please. <laughs> the etymology of Triscuit is uh, hotly debated by cracker scholars. <laughs> um, for a long time, people assumed "try" was in reference to the is like a prefix for the three ingredients of Triscuits, which the is the three squits, the tree squits, <laughs> tree squits. The three squits. The, the three holy it. squits. The father, the son. Okay. Um, no, it's uh, wheat and oil and salt. Um, but this was very recently officially debunked by the official Triscuit Twitter account. Uh, someone found an old advertisement for, for tree squits from 1903. And this ad is a plate of Triscuits. Beautiful. <laughs> just sun-kissed Triscuits. <laughs> uh, and they are hanging over a beautiful backdrop of Niagara Falls, which is where the Shredded Wheat Company was based. Uh, and the Triscuit logo in this ad is stylized to look like cool lightning bolts. And it has the subtitle, The Electric Baked Biscuit, Baked by Electricity. So the Tris in Triscuit is for Whoa. electricity. Now, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. I don't know. Do have they just run a live wire through a vat of... I mean, they probably just put it in an oven, right? <laughs> an, an electric oven. I don't know. But they advertised it as like, we are the only food in the world being made with this method. Our so, electric cracker. Our electric cracker. Which like, I love Triscuits. I probably would actually even eat them more if they were called electricity biscuits. Because <laughs> that sounds like fun and, and cool. Um, I would... <sighs> I would give away everything in this office for a box of cracked pepper and olive oil triscuits right now. There's a lot of stuff in here. I'm just wondering. (laughs) I'm picturing almost uh, like a whiplash situation where they wanted to call it electricity biscuit. And they realized that was hard to say. Yeah. And there was just a guy going like, faster, uh, electric biscuit. No. Faster. Electric skit. Trick. 
biscuit faster. <laughs> That's just like, babe, I have chills right now. I feel like I feel like J.K. Simmons is in the room with me right now. Not like that. Nope. <laughs> drum better. <laughs> That's what it was, basically. You missed, you missed the drum with the stick. Mm-hmm. Try again. Trisket. It's okay. Trisket. 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 <laughs> You're free. That's Trisket, the electricity biscuit. Thank you for your service, Nabisco and Henry D. Perky. Uh, got some submissions from our friends at home. Izzy says, my small wonder is my pocket-sized travel espresso machine. It's powered by pressure built up from the operator pumping it by hand. I can bring it camping with a little jar of espresso grounds, boil some water, and then I have an espresso shot in the forest. It's magical. It's called the Nano Press. Whoa, I like that. Oh, I'm into that. I don't even like really mess with espresso that much, but I love gizmos and gadgets. Yeah. I, inexplicably, I think I did a segment on camping gear i don't camp but it's very exciting to have mm-hmm. special tech and that's that's very cool is he uh hemlock says my small wonder is finding the album you want at the used record store every time i go to a record store i look for the album songs from the wood by jethro tull the other day i was looking through a box of used records at the store and was just about to mention i was looking for it when lo and behold the next record i saw was it very satisfying we have been Ooh, out of this game for a while yeah but i that is a nice moment yeah i remember i was looking for a judy sill record uh, yeah and i it was like my white whale and they did i think like a few years ago re- reprint all those so now i have them now but i found one of them uh before that and it was uh it was it was great it's probably my best find mm-hmm. um you got me a copy of the super bowl shuffle on vinyl as a <laughs> present when i moved to austin which really you were moving from chicago right 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 and i wanted you to be you able know, to a take huge it with fan you of those bears mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um thank you so much to bowen and augustus for the use of our theme song money won't pay you've been a link to that in the episode description and uh thank you to maximum fun for having us on the network go to maximumfun.org check out all the great shows there you're gonna find one that you are gonna be super super into um i am going to be doing shows with my brothers uh at philadelphia and new york comic-con you should come and see us philly this wednesday New York, we're going to be there Thursday doing Adventure Zone with Abria Iyengar. Uh, just announced, very exciting, filling in for our dad, who is sadly not going to be able to make it. Uh, and then on Friday, we're going to be doing My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and Jonathan Colton is going to open for us, uh, which is also very, very exciting. It's going to be a hell of a hell of a time. Go to Macro Out Family and just have fun uh, there. There's a lot of fun links. I'm so I've done so much recording today. Yeah, I don't know if you can hear me running out of gas. In the, in the, I can. You've slowed down considerably. Can you take us home? Take us to the bridge? Uh, thank you, Maximum Fun, for having us on the network. I did. Uh, I did. You did you say that? Did. Okay. So what is taking home then? Just, Just say like, the, like you know a how new, we leave people with like, uh, a, like a thing. Like a joke. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Like a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh why don't you come up with another better name for triscuits oh okay uh i mean salty baskets yeah we have to short it though in the style of electricity biscuits salt skits oh that's the same thing basically yeah no that wasn't any it (laughs) um basalt no, that's no that's a thing that's a thing all right if it's not a basket it's a Kind of like a like a doormat, like a rug for the front That's door. That's good. So maybe like a uh like a like a mat snack. Mat snack. That's it. Bye. <laughs>
Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.